I wish you didn't make such a like a great point and put it so so eloquently because I wanted to finish by saying if you listen to our Annie episode, love is magic. <laughs> there is no question about it. And if you want to know more, that episode is there for you. But yeah. and hey, hey, and uh, and if you are of an older generation and you want to know of something a little bit grimmer and a little bit darker of the magic of love, yeah, go listen to the Annie episode because uh, <laughs> like Annie could do some things with love, baby. Like she, <laughs> like she, she, she got that magic. She don't. She's not afraid to use it. <laughs> And and it's a lot better than what Evelyn does with love. So oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's, like <laughs> our, our listener, if you haven't listened to those episodes, I bet people are so confused right now. Like what the fuck? Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode ninety-eight. I'm your host Ryan here with your other host Hedge. Let's get into it. Let's rock and roll. We got a well. We got a story. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> For people returning from our previous episode about Gwen, uh, we obviously had the disclaimer out top. Not the most exciting stuff we've done uh, up to this point, but it's episode ninety-eight of like actual hundreds of episodes. You can give us one here and there, right? We're gonna give you every story. Some of them are gonna be bangers. Yeah. Hey, but the character is awesome. So you know what? Yeah, we I love Gwen. Yeah, we love Gwen. And we love housekeeping. And where is housekeeping? Usually at top. <laughs> so you can listen right. to us everywhere. Uh, you can send us an email at podcastcore at gmail.com. Visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info. And then follow us on the platform you prefer or all the platforms, specifically YouTube. Toss us a, a subscribe there, even if you don't watch there, because it helps us kind of spread the word like a play, like a blight, like a harrowing, if you would, or a black mist. Pit, pick your Arunation 4.0. <laughs> I think we're at 5.0 now. <laughs> oh, we might be. <laughs> Who has the ruination calendar? <laughs> uh, oh my god, we need a ruination calendar. Hundred <laughs> percent. But tell a friend, word of mouth, to learn why love is magic by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. Love is love is magic. Love is win. Love is love. <laughs> Let love win. Let love win. Oh, sorry, I got sidetracked. What, where are we? Are we recording? So we're talking about the story, The Stranger Who Sews. We already know who The Stranger is. That's so a weird title. It's Gwen. Uh, but we start this story off with Gwen standing in some woods preparing to battle the blast, Black Mist. Uh, and she has been tracking the Black Mist around. We talked about her finding her resolve on her mission at the end of her bio. And this is it. She's tracking the Black Mist and essentially fighting mist wraiths as they attack people who can't defend themselves. Uh, and she tracked it all the way from the Isles to the small farming town. And as she reaches the town, she sees these two young boys run out with their toys. They're at play. They're having a good time. But she knows that there's some tendrils of the Black Mist um, consolidating and creating these race that are soon going to attack the town. And this is coming from the east. So she obviously sees the innocence in these children. And she understands what love is. And she's kind of that 
made it her mission to protect it. So she leaps into action and immediately the race notice her and they change their focus. So that's good. Uh, but the children see her engaging with the mist and they're already concerned. Uh, but she's not worried about that. She tells them, you know, don't worry. It's time to do the devil's work. <laughs> to do the devil's work. <laughs> the, uh, and like with this, it's like the, I, for these kids, you know, it's got to be like a roller coaster because it's literally it, it is literally mom. Can we go play outside? Yes. Bet. Run out the door. We're children. We're children. And then there's <laughs> and, and then there's like these weird creatures sweeping in. The Wistmaths, if you will. And, <laughs> and then there's this stranger that appears with the biggest pair of scissors they've ever seen, but they can see through the scissors. We don't know what to do. I like confused is the only emotion that you can do, register in anyone's brain at this point of like, what the hell is going on? Pretty much. If you listen to our previous episodes, the only person that can relate to these children is Kaisa. <laughs> Because that's exactly what happened to her. Yes, yes. They're the only ones that can relate. But unlike Kaisa, they enter flight and Gwen's the one that enters fight. Yes. So we move into like the second part of the story where there's a brief battle um, and there's a few servants of the Black Mist remaining. But she, Gwen, that is, is exhausted at this point, right? And she's injured, like her dress is torn and all that stuff. So she magically does this thing where she throws some needles up. They land in like a summoning circle around her, and then she summons her own mist. And we've talked about this mist in her bio episode, and we've talked about things with properties like this mist uh, in our Sentinels of Light episodes. Listen to those, uh, obviously. Uh, It's going to make it easier for you to understand what's going on. And some of the servants kind of hesitate. Like the race are like, well, shit, we fought her before. We know about her. Uh, we probably shouldn't go in, but they get the courage to say, fuck it, let's go. And they rush into the mist. And as they enter, Gwen is kind of doing her best Ionian impression, <laughs> like her best set impression inside this bubble where she's just destroying them. But they can't really get a handle on her because she's almost become a mist wraith herself uh, inside this space. And while she's doing it, she's like this triumphant yell at this war cry, which is a scene that I just can't really wrap my mind around. Yeah. Well, uh, like, it, and even before the war cry, like, it's mentioned that she's kind of laughing with every wraith that she cuts mm-hmm. down. Um, but it's a childlike laughter. So it's almost more like, um, a, like, a, I, I guess more like Draven or maybe Trendomir, where okay. it's like they're, yeah. it, like, she's enjoying, like, the combat. But we know from reading her bio that it's, that she's enjoying more the sensation of life. Like, it, for her, yeah. this is like, she's just thankful that she, can do this um which like is a very heartwarming message off of a really weird story that's trying to be dark uh like i it gwen gwen's story is just like it it is a roller coaster of emotions yeah Yeah. like it's up and down up and down but the lesson here is that if gwen goes into sewing no jitsu you just back away just get (laughs) get away i do not compete with sewing no jitsu It was a scene I definitely wasn't expecting. So after she destroys the final wraith, the protective mist falls and she heads over to the boys. So this whole time these boys have been hiding behind like a tree trunk. One of them is too scared to watch. The other one is super intrigued on what's going on. And, you know, after she's done, 
uh, she heads over to them. They kind of, you know, like, oh, my God, you're so cool. Like, oh, geez, Batman. Like that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> but suddenly this woman shows up and this woman is crying and she's rushing towards the boys. And Gwen immediately kind of intervenes a bit. Uh, and she's like, you know, who are you? And the woman introduces herself as I'm their mother. And she immediately thanks Gwen for protecting them. And she's so happy that they're safe and she's hugging them and they're crying and she's crying. And then Gwen notices that, you know, the what this woman is wearing, she's wearing like an apron and she has sewing materials on her and her fingers have been worked. Like she has like chipped nails and stuff like that. She's like, oh shit, this woman is a seamstress. And this kind of launches us into some flashbacks. It grip, <laughs> it pulls at Gwen's heartstrings. <laughs> Just rolled his eyes and they fell out. <laughs> like the story already makes my eyes roll. I don't need you to <laughs> compound upon it. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> so she knows uh, this woman is, is a seamstress and then immediately allows her to trust this woman as well. Uh, and she's kind of a little bit jealous of the boys for having their mother. So afterwards, these boys, remember they had toys they were playing with that have been dropped and they broke in the process of all this ninjutsu. <laughs> Gwen picks up the broken toys, hands them to the mother and tells them uh, that she was once a toy that was brought to life by magic. And this confuses the fuck out of everyone. Because remember, emotions are high right now. So yeah, if like this is <laughs> happening at like a clip, like they, we went from playing outside into life threatening danger into mm. yay we're alive. Here's mom. I'm a doll. Like slow down, <laughs> everybody slow down. Like can we just sit down and have a cup of tea and figure this crap out? <laughs> <laughs> we we're, we're moving to a clip. I don't know what's happening. Like these poor, like the the these kids and the mom are just like, uh, uh, I need a break. Like they all need a cigarette right now, and <laughs> and I don't blame them. I don't blame them for feeling this way. <laughs> so uh, the next thing that happens is, uh, you know, after she tells them, they ask the obvious question. How? <laughs> and Gwen actually doesn't know. She's never really thought about it. But in this moment, she, the way she feels is that she thinks the love that we know her maker, Isolde, gave to her was the magic that allowed her to come to life after some quote unquote events happened. Go listen to our other episodes. But uh, she's like, yeah, you know, that was the magic that I think brought me to life. And they, one of the boys asks her, can you stay with us? Can you just hang out? Uh, and she tells them that she's already decided that her purpose is to stop the black mist. Uh, and that's what she did today. And she's done. Uh, but before she leaves, she picks up her scissors and then does like this flick wrist maneuver with the threads that pulls the toys up into the air and fixes them in like a neat flourish uh, with the magic that she has and amends the broken toys and one of the boys mentions, he's like, hey, I wish I had magic. And this is where the cheese kind of gets graded on the story. <laughs> where right, Gwen if you looks. Thought I was, if you thought I was rolling my eyes before. <laughs> All right. So I, Gwen like, looks just... one last time at the loving mother. And the boy is now laughing and tells them they already have magic. And then she leaves the small town behind to get back to doing the devil's work. Yeah. And um, like next week, when we go to our next episode of my little ponies, uh, you know, we will, 
we will learn more about the <laughs> the magic of love. Like, what? Come on, come on. Like, and, as I've stated, as I stated in our bio episode and at the start of this episode, I like Gwen as a character. Like, as far as the way that she plays in League of Legends, she is cool. The way that she plays in Runeterra is like one of my favorite champions right now. Um, uh, this story is just gross <laughs> and, and, and mid AF. Like it is just. Like, like they, on no one was pack. trying here. No one yeah. was trying with this one. And for us, I mean, you know, our job here is to kind of give you the underpinning. So what, what we've mentioned in the previous episode is that, and Hetch kind of touched on it as well in a, in, a, in, a, in a great way, is that the concept that stands out the most, the thing that matters the most about Gwen's story, she's a likable character, but it's her reverence for life, right? And what, what it's showing you is that in this dark, and yes, it could have been written better, but in such a dark situation, as much as we've talked about the Runation and all the parts of it and the aspects of it, the loss of loved ones, like her creator, uh, the fact that the thing that has destroyed everything good is played some part in her having life and her having to essentially play a role that could result in her losing that life if she gets rid of the bad thing. All of that is to show that, you know, all of... No matter what happens, she's enjoying the fact that she's had the chance to live. And I think there's some undertone there. There's a lot of people who could probably uh, connect very well with that premise of the story. Uh, the only problem is that, like, you have to do as much reading and as much digging as we've done. And that's not something a casual fan would do. Because I think if more people who like Gwen on the surface as a casual player of the game, which is fine, um, her design is really cool. But if they knew their, her story, I think a lot of people would connect with it. Uh, and probably feel a little bit better about the day-to-day -day shenanigans of life. And and again, like you know, we spoke about in the uh, in Gwen's bio that she is an important puzzle piece as far as to a bigger story involving the harrowing. Um, but she's not like the most important puzzle piece, and it's not even a hard puzzle piece to find out where she fits. Yeah. But, you know, luckily we have, we have people like you, Ryan, that have done a lot of digging as far as like finding out the role that Gwen plays. And then because not thanks to this story and not <laughs> thanks to her bio, do we know like who Geppetto is? Yeah. Like Geppetto is Isolde. And if for our listeners who've been here for a long time and for our book club members, you know Isolde plays a very important role <laughs> in the heroine. <laughs> All right. So like that does actually open up doors to like why we have Gwyn's connection to the Hallowed Mist and why Gwyn is important to this story and why we need to know where her journey leads her as far as tracking down Viego yeah. and what role she's going to play later on in the present day of Valorant because the only role that she played during the harrowing was a doll getting blown off of the island with everything else. Uh, but <laughs> I like let's focus if, for me, you know, like for our show, we want to focus on the positives because we I, I think I've been critical enough. And the positives here is that this is a story that is necessary for bringing in younger 
a younger generation. Like this is not a story for like you or I, Ryan. This is a story mm-hmm. for, you know, a kid that is, you know, picking up this game because, you know, it has like an older brother or older cousin that talks about it all the time. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's like like, hey, like this some of these characters are depressing. Like what what Lee Sin's eyes melted out of his skull? Like what <laughs> in the world? Um and and wait a second, like Annie's family is all dead. Like, oh my goodness. Oh, here we go. Here's a character that, you know, that has joy in life. Here's a character that is making the best of her situation and a character that believes in the magic of love and that that magic can take over everything that this that story is for though for that yeah. younger generation. They they're not worried about like you know the integral politics of an undead king two thousand <laughs> yeah. years later after yeah. his death. Like they they don't care about that. They want to they want to follow the girl that is you know fighting off the evil and saving the day. So th- this, exactly. that's who the story's for. And God, in but- that vein, it it serves its job. It just doesn't serve it well. And I, I will remain that critical on that point. <laughs> I wish you didn't make such a like a great point and put it so so eloquently because I wanted to finish by saying if you listen to our Annie episode, love is magic. <laughs> there is no question about it. And if you want to know more, that episode is there for you. But yeah. And hey, hey, and uh, and if you are of an older generation and you want to know of something a little bit grimmer and a little bit darker of the magic of love, yeah, go listen to the Annie episode because, uh, <laughs> like, Annie could do some things with love, baby. Like she, <laughs> like she, she, she got that magic. She don't. She's not afraid to use it. <laughs> And and it's a lot better than what Evelyn does with love. So oh yeah, yeah like <laughs> our, our listener, if you haven't listened to those episodes, I bet people are so confused right now. Like what the fuck? But that's how you build a hype, baby. And that's, yeah, that's how you, how you build the hype. Uh, and, and we've got to we've got to build the hype because that's that's it for this story. This, yeah. Like this one is a short one, but you know it's it 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 does. It's good that it's short because it really kind of feels that like that sensation of that this is happening really quick you know it gives you that feeling of just running outside and everything going bad so quickly and then that moment of like what just happened like this this story kind of really sums up that feeling and that is a good thing that the story does yeah it does it reminds me you know once again referencing other episodes like our our lucian cons content as long as well as the Lucian content, not just his solo episode we did, but also his story and his some of his stuff in Sentinels of Light. Because Lucian is also on an adventure, remember, to find his love. And he has some of these same interactions as Gwen. And that's one thing we try to point out during the Runation, that it's such a massive event. And it's so important to the history of Runeterra that, and there's so many players in it, that everyone has their own little piece of the pie. And although hers is smaller, as we keep reiterating, it is important because it nails home that concept of all these small kind of campaigns that lead to the ultimate result. Yeah. And not only to the history, but like with characters like Gwyn and Lucian, it's integral to the present. Like this is this history has been building up to this point. And it just so happens that Gwyn is the freshest face in it. 
and being the freshest face there's not a lot to go off of and that's not her fault she's just happy to be there <laughs> i'm just happy i invited <laughs> yeah yeah thanks thanks for having me you guys this was a blast <laughs> and she like takes her scissors and just slices some spirits in half i'm having the time of my life <laughs> So with that, uh, we've appreciated you guys hanging around for some Gwen content regardless. Uh, but as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with the next episode. Yeah, take care, everybody.